Welcome to the Everything EC Podcast. I'm your host, Carla Ward, and today my guests and I are going to be talking about a topic that sometimes makes people cringe, but I love it, and that topic is money. More specifically, investing in children's financial future. My guest today is Emily Nadaff from Wealth Simple Foundation, and she is going to share why we need to save for children's future if we have our own, and how we can support the families we work with. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thanks, Carla. I'm so excited to be here today. Same here. So tell us who you are and what your role is at Wealth Simple Foundation. Yeah, of course. So my name is Emily. I am the Director of Community Growth and Strategy at Wealth Simple Foundation, which is a registered Canadian charity. So we sort of have three areas of focus. The first is doing personal finance and financial literacy, particularly in underserved communities. Um, We also deliver bursaries to students. And the final piece of the pie is helping more families access education savings. So specifically the Canada Learning Bond, which is a $500 to $2,000 government benefit for modest income families in Canada. Amazing. And this is an education podcast. We're all about early childhood education. But I think finances, especially in the early years, kind of gets pushed to the side and not talked about often, especially when it comes to children, because, you know, we think they're so little, we've got so long until they're 18, we don't need to worry about it. And we don't look at it from a holistic point of view. So why should we be? I mean, that's a, that's, that's an interesting point is, you know, when you are dealing with the children as early childhood educators, you're really sort of at that critical foundational stage. You play such a pivotal role in the child's development. And really besides parents or primary caregivers, you know, you're that teacher that's really helping them learn and grow and thrive in their early years. And I think you, all of you, all of you early childhood educators, you're doing everything you can right now to set them up for success in the current moment in time that they're in. But you also know that their journey is a long-term one. So beyond sort of the early childhood education as they transition into primary school, secondary and post-secondary, what they learn and who teaches them is going to change. But I think the underlying theme there is really the same, is that knowledge is power. And because education starts early, but it's a lifelong journey and you're doing so much to support them today, you really want to see them thrive long-term. And I think one of the ways that you can help them thrive long-term is to start having those conversations early around education savings. Almost two-thirds of future jobs in Canada are going to require either a college or university degree. And an interesting stat that I'd read at one point is that people with a university degree, they make on average $1 million more over the course of their lifetime, which is a pretty big difference when it comes to really unlocking financial freedom. So as we're thinking about, you know, how do you set that child up for future success, starting their education savings early so that they know that uh, future education is an option for them. I think that's just a a really great thing as an early childhood educator that you can do for your own children, as well as the the children that are in your classrooms or in your spaces. Education is really sort of that key lever to building intergenerational wealth. And I think early childhood educators can kind of see themselves as like the first building block for that future. Absolutely. And we see our parents, we see the parents that drop off and pick up so much more than an elementary school teacher or even a high school teacher. I mean, high school teachers, I think they do a meet and greet in September and that's it. And we put out a newsletter, we share information. 
I know that we had an information board. So if there was a swimming school that just opened up, we would put information and parents would read it because their kids are so little, the parents want what's best for their children. And when we can consciously share information like the Canada Learning Bond or any savings, it helps parents first of all, learn about it because you don't know what you don't know. And for some parents, especially if they're new to the country, they don't know what's out there and they don't know that they can start when their children are first born. So can you tell us a little bit about like, what is the Canada Learning Bond? What options are out there for savings, especially for maybe our non-Canadian listeners? Yeah, definitely. So those are those are all really great points. I think the the first thing is like knowledge is power to your point and I think sharing information about benefits for kids today with their families, their extended families, it's going to set them up for future success tomorrow and yeah, not everyone knows what is available to them out there and there's some really amazing education savings programs in Canada that the federal government offers and the key to taking full advantage of those is is really starting early. So I'll start first just talking about RESPs in general, which are registered education savings plans. RESPs are tax advantaged accounts. So as a parent or primary caregiver, even if you are like an aunt or a benevolent stranger and you want to open an RESP for a child, you can do that. You can put money away and that money actually has a chance to grow up with the child. And by the time that they're taking that money out, when they are in college, university, trade school, by the time they take that money out, it has a chance to, to be invested and to recognize sort of the benefits of compound interest if you are investing those dollars. And one of the other amazing things about RESPs is that there are a number of different programs that the government offers that are created basically to help incentivize families to save for their future education. So the first one that we did talk about is the Canada Learning Bond. So that benefit is contribution-free and it is income-based. So the income threshold changes every year. Right now, it's for families with a household income of about like less than 50K. And the way that the benefit works is it's a guaranteed $500 if the child is eligible for at least one year and it's up to $2,000. So it's calculated starting on the first year that that child is born. So the first year that that child is born, they're still be eligible. You get $500 into the RESP account. Every year after, you don't need to auto-apply. You'll get another $100 if your family stays in that income threshold. So the total that a child could get if their family is below that income, uh, that income eligibility criteria is up to $2,000. And the amazing thing about the CLB that a lot of people don't know is that you don't need to contribute a thing to get it. And it's also a retroactive grant. So in addition to the kids that you might be working with right now that are really, you know, On the younger side, they might have siblings too that could be 17 or 18 even going into school right now that might be active retroactively for those dollars as well. So sharing the information with those parents or even keeping it in mind for your own kids, I think is is, is a really great thing that ECEs can do to continue to help people access that education savings. One of the other interesting things I think about the amount of CLB specifically is that that $500, we really see that as a nest egg and a catalyst for future savings. So studies show that kids with $500, just the $500 set aside, they're three times more likely to go to college or university and actually four times more likely to graduate. So if you can help a child 
access that $500 in CLB into their RESP, it kind of makes them like that much more likely to go to school. And I think it's really about helping them unlock the potential in their mind. If they don't have parents that have gone to college or university, or they're not from, you know, an affluent family, it can seem really tricky to go to school. It is really expensive. And we also know that less than 50% of more modest income families actually have any savings set aside for their kid. So this is just a really great way to get the foot in the door. So that is Canada Learning Bond. One of the other benefits you can get in an RESP is the Canada Education Savings Grant. So this, this program is a little bit more well-known and it's applicable to anyone living in Canada as long as you file taxes in Canada. So this one, you can get 20% of matching of your contributions from the government into the RESP. So Carla, say you are opening an RESP for your child and you're able to throw in $100 a year. The government's going to add a top up of $20 to match that $100 that you set in. So you can see over time, if you're able to put more money away every year, you can get a maximum of $500 from the government each year towards your kid's future education. So say you maxed out your RESP contribution every year, which you know, isn't necessarily the most likely thing. Like it's tricky to put that $2,500 away. Not everyone's in a financial position to do that. But if you are, you can get an extra $7,200 from the government for your child's future education. Wow. And I think like, it's just crazy because I think about like, as an early childhood educator, I don't have children right now, but I certainly know from colleagues and friends with kids who work in the same industry you're basically working to pay for your child's childcare because ECEs make so little. So knowing about things like this, because you're not even, some of us aren't even thinking about saving for our children's future because we're just trying to pay for childcare. We're just trying to, you know, pay for our groceries and keep our heads above water with our shoddy pay. So knowing that there's essentially free money out there that Mm. can contribute to our children's future really can reduce the stress and set the children up for success in the long term. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, realistically, you know, kids that have money set aside for their future education, it's not going to be everyone. And it's not necessarily, you know, getting your child set up for the full ride. Like, I don't know a lot of people that their parents were able to pay their tuition, their rent, their hat, like all of those different costs, you know, they're, they're really big, but I really think the piece that, that you've hit the nail on the head with there is just having that small nest egg so that it unlocks the opportunity in their mind. And that is one really easy thing that parents can do to set their kid up for future success. So you can do it online. There's different providers that can do it uh, in just 10 minutes from your phone or through an app. Um, or you can go in and visit your bank and your branch. There's a few things I would recommend that parents look out for, though, as they're opening RESPs. And, and the first is the fee structure of the, of the RESP. So as you're going through this process, check with whoever the provider or RESP promoter is to get an understanding of, you know, what do I have to pay to open an RESP? In some accounts, especially if you're CLB eligible, there are accounts out there if you're in Canada where you shouldn't have to pay a thing. It should be fully free to open the RESP and to claim the CLB. The other thing I would recommend that folks look into is, you know, what are the considerations if you want to take money out? So when your child is in university or college or trade school, if they want to take those dollars out that you've set aside for them, is there anything that they need to 
I need to provide to the RESP promoter or are there any sort of rules around what they can take out? So is it just that they need that letter of enrollment from their, uh, from their educational institution or are they only allowed to take a certain amount out? I think that's a really great thing for a parent to look into because you want that money to come out as easy as possible if you need it and you don't want to be penalized for it. And then the last piece I would check, again, for CLB eligible families in particular, if you just want to open an RESP and claim CLB, make sure that you can do that with your provider. There are some providers that will have minimum contributions. So every month or every year, you'll need to put dollars aside. Just make sure, do a double check that that is not the case for your RESP provider so that you have that flexibility. And if there are months where you can't put things aside or your plan is literally just to open it, claim CLB, have those dollars set aside for your child, make sure that you can do that. So those are sort of the three things I would also advise parents and early childhood educators to think about as as they're going through that process of opening an RESP. Absolutely. All really good questions because there's nothing worse then going to take money out to find out that you have to pay to get your money. A hundred percent. And I've heard that from, I've heard some horror stories from families, not to scare anyone, but doing your due diligence, I think is, uh, is, is, is definitely worthwhile in these situations. Absolutely. And we're going to put a link to the wealth simple, uh, CLB link right below this podcast so that people can kind of do their, start their research journey really easily and learn more about the Canada learning bond. Yeah, totally. I appreciate you sharing that info with everyone. And I will say, whatever provider you do choose, make sure to ask those questions. With Wealthsimple, it is completely free if you claim the Canada Learning Bond, and you'll actually get an extra $25 into your account if you get that first Canada Learning Bond payment. But there's other providers that have a really similar service as well. So make sure that you're you're finding the one that works best for you. Perfect. Well, Emily, Amazing. I think this is something that, especially as early childhood educators, many of us live paycheck to paycheck. So it's not something that, you know, is consciously on our mind for ourselves personally and for our own families. But also, it's not something that we think about when we look at the big picture of how can we support the families that we work with. So I really appreciate you coming on to get this conversation started. If you're not in Canada, do your due diligence, look to see what your country has to offer so that we can provide that information to families. Because again, we're all in this for the long haul and we're building that foundation for successful children. Is there anything that I forgot to mention or forgot to ask you that is important for early childhood educators to know in terms of their own children or supporting the families that they work with? I think the last thing that I would I would really want to leave all of your amazing listeners with is It's really, you know, CLB doesn't solve the challenge of paying for school, but it is definitely a great start. And education is extremely expensive and it's also not for everyone. But I think just having that RESP open, having some dollars set aside for your children, it's really just about not limiting their opportunities and maximizing them as much as possible. You never know right now, you know, someone might be two and they might have dreams of being a doctor, but that can change by the time they're 12 and that can shift again by the time that they're 22. So I would, I would just encourage everyone to do what they can in order to enable the most options to stay open for the longest amount of time for each child. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Carla.